We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yes, what's good, everybody? We are here live, Blue Wire Studio. I got the boss man with me. What's up, bro? What's going on, man? It's, it's been a good weekend. It's my first time out in Vegas. Well, not, not, not really. No, but no, I'm saying since 2017. So it's been right. like you've been back way more times than I have. But it was cool, man. It's, it's been fun. It's been a good weekend. It's your first weekend for a fight weekend, too. Yeah, in Vegas, yep. What'd and you that, think? I think it lived up to the hype. We went to the weigh-ins as soon as we got off the plane on a... Friday, Friday afternoon. That was cool, man. We got there early. The champ was there giving like a Q&A, open Q&A to the fans, which was pretty cool. And then uh, just the, getting these guys uh, squared off and stare downs was it, was, it was intense. Like it set the tone for the whole weekend, I felt like. So that was cool as well. And then, of course, the fights, I felt like they delivered too, like on a, on a high level. Yeah, it was cool. What'd you, what do you think about the vibe of Vegas during a fight weekend? I, like, I felt it. Like you felt like something. Even yesterday when we were hanging out, we went to the bars over there and, and the casino and like you could feel like it was it was, I don't want to like it wasn't intense but you could feel that something was going down you know Word. shortly thereafter like right in your backyard so it was pretty cool man we got in for the first fight and uh I don't know like it, it felt like very yeah man it, it was it was very I guess it was it was intense it was intense from like first fight all the way through the main event even uh even the uber drivers every time we went they would ask about if when we would tell them why we were here, they'd be like, "Oh, who you got Covington or Masvidal?" Even when we got in the Uber, the guy was listening. I don't know if it was like a a podcast, but he was listening to like an MMA talk. Was on the radio when Word. we got in the car. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, that's a uh, Okamoto. He could, uh, you know, take some notes real quick. Dude, when uh, when we got here, um, one of the first things we did was we hit the tables because we're degenerates. And uh, how have the tables been treating you? Because you've had it a little rough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> The tables have been horrible for me, but I'm picking up in sports betting. The fights especially was a big night for us, for both of us, really, right? Oh, yeah. A couple parlays, a couple straight bets, um, some underdogs. So, but yeah, the tables, it's been, it's been, it's almost like a wash from sports betting and the tables. Like, 
I'm breaking kind of probably close to even, which is great in Vegas. So I'm close to even. I go home, you know, like that, not down substantially. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it was a good weekend, you know. So can't complain. Yeah, you you threw me for a loop Friday night when we went to get dinner after. Well, we also went to that amateur show, which was dope too. Yeah. Not amateur; it was a professional a regional show. Regional show, yeah. And that was cool. It felt like it was an ECW 1998 kind yeah. of vibe to it. It was. It looked kind of sketchy at first. And then after that, it's like all these people were there. We saw a bunch of fighters that actually fight in the UFC. Jake Shields was there. Soriano was Poor there. Soriano. And uh, shouts to Bobby, man. Bobby hooked us up with some tickets, and we went over there, and it was really cool. And you never know who could, like, from that promotion, maybe one day be in the UFC. There were some exciting finishes there, and there were some people that were, like, you know, one or two fights in. And a lot of the referees, I didn't know this. You put me onto that. I didn't know that you get commissioned by the state, and then you could – pretty much officiate any kind of promotion right yeah that's why like when uh when the ufc travels state to state they'll be like oh you know what's going on if if this guy misses weight sometimes like new york is a notorious like strict athletic commission mm -hmm. they're very strict on weight strict on like weight misses um, will they let a guy keep cutting weight if you know if, if he's a pound away or something will they tell someone to stop cutting weight but yeah, so we saw a lot. A lot of the refs that you see on Saturday night at UFC were were refing the regional show, which was pretty cool. And yeah, man, it was super intimate too because we were like right on top of the cage. It wasn't much seats, and uh, it felt like a bingo hole, like you said. Yo, it was, yeah, it was pretty badass. Oh, that was great. And then after we went, we hit the tables and we had the 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 nine ten, the nine ten. Yo, so <laughs> that'll never happen again. Never, never, never ever again. So. You like to bet colors only. I bet the same 10 numbers every time. And I do one or two spins and I'm out. Because I feel like the longer you stay at the roulette table, once the dealer knows your name, it's a wrap. Just get <laughs> out of there, bro. Like, it's never, it's never going to end right. Get, get, get away. So you bet red. And one of the numbers that I bet was nine. And as the dealer is spinning, of all the numbers to pick, I was like, uh, I forgot what her name was. But I was like, hey give me a red nine and bam a red nine hits right so boss wins i win and uh i end up taking like the money that i sat with i put that aside and then i put like a couple of extra hundred dollars on the side and then that like ten dollars that i left on nine i slid it to ten and mind you i'm so happy you were there with me because if i tell anyone this story they wouldn't believe it They'd be like, yo, no shot that this happened. So I take that money, I slide it on 10, and I have like 20, 30 bucks extra. And I'm like, ah, yo, I just throw it on 10. But before that, I tipped the dealer. I was like, yo, it's going to be a good omen. Like, whatever happens. Mind you, there's no one else at the table, just boss and I. And it spins. There's no other money on the table. And what pops up? A 10. And I hysterically start laughing my <laughs> ass off. I couldn't believe it. I'm like hitting you. People are looking at us. I, I tipped the other dealer at the table next. I was like, yo, you brought us luck for no reason. I was just so generous with the money. And then we were out. Yeah. I feel like I swindled the, uh, what was it, Circa we were at? We were at Circa. Yo, we went to Fremont too, dude, for the first time. I never went over there. Yeah. That was, that was so so we were going to go home after dinner. I was like, oh, let's just play one spin, remember? And, and I hit the, the red and you hit the nine. And you're like, one more bet. Because that was great. You know, we both hit. We got some extra money. We paid for dinner pretty much. Yeah, yeah. You put it on 10. We hit again. And we walked. I was dead tired until then. And I felt like I got a shot of adrenaline right in the arm. And we walked to old Fremont. We were just hanging out. It was it was a great night. I've never been over there. Fremont, I usually just stay on the strip. I've only been here a handful of times. 
but that was cool, man. It was, I liked that the energy, like the the whole scene. It was very, it was more laid back to me compared to like the strip. Between the amount of beer that we consumed and being jet lagged, I wanted to do the the zip line, but I was like, that's gonna end horribly if I do that. Like, no, <laughs> we can't, we can't do that. Let's just let's just get out of here. <laughs> I felt like we were being we were zip lining just just from like that adrenaline because like yo, we were laughing the whole way out of the casino. <laughs> yo, so so we talked on the last pod when you were on last week when we were previewing the card about the the parlay we were gonna do. We were gonna do a parlay. You agree on a pick. I agree on a pick. And sorry, I give a pick, you give a pick, and then we come to an agreement on two. And we end up hitting that parlay. And you got so angry at me. Tell, yeah. tell them why. Because <laughs> what did we say on the other podcast? We, we were going to go 500. 500, 500 yeah, 250 each. And I go to the kiosk because I didn't want to go to the window because I was being lazy. And there was a line, too. So I was like, oh, I'm not going to wait. So I go to the kiosk and I, and I put the bet in. But it only let you parlay up to 300 bucks. Well, a three hundred dollar maximum, right. in, in the kiosk, it was only holding three hundred dollars. So I'm like, all right, we'll do that. So I took Bryce Mitchell was my play. Mm-hmm. Your play was Kevin Holland. Yeah, and then we agreed on Covington and Negamiriano. Yeah, and boy, that Negamiriano was the first leg, and you, <laughs> yo, <laughs> super controversial fight. So I had a I had a weekend in betting that I'll probably never have again. Um, I hit all three of my parlays, and three. Fights went to decision, split decision, and they all went in my favor. This first fight was uh, Nicolau. Yeah, Nicolau and Negamiriano. So when it goes to the decision, I immediately go, yeah, I'm going to go to the bathroom and get us beers. Like, F this. I'm not watching. Like, he lost. Like, I thought he lost. Right. I had it, too. I scored it for Kennedy. Right. I was like, ah, man, the first leg is going to get busted out. So as I'm leaving to go get the beers, I'm like, yo, just burn that ticket, bro. So when I come back, I go, I use the bathroom. Best thing about UFC events, we always talk about this, and I always tell people on the show, it's the best bang for your buck, and you never need to sprint back to your seat because you're going to miss something. The time between fights, even if the line is outrageous, you can go, take your time, get your hot dogs, get your beer, your water, use the bathroom, no problem. Yo, I do all, I get us around of beers. I use the bathroom. I come back and they're still playing the music after the fight. I'm like, what the hell is happening? And yo, when they announce the split and they give it to him, I stand up and hysterically start laughing. <laughs> I was like, yo, that's highway robbery. In, in my head, I'm like, yo, we just hit the parlay already. Even though there were still three other fights we had to worry about. Well, that was the biggest worry because he was the longest shot. He I was he, the only he dog. Was, he was plus 115. Right. But that fight was so... It was so wacky, too, because there was a point deduction involved. So mm-hmm. it took forever to get the cards in from, from cage side, from the judges. And when we heard split, we're like, yo, we have a chance. At yeah. least, like, I thought it was unanimous loss. <laughs> split. I was like, oh, maybe. Who knows? Something crazy. And, of course, and, and Bruce Buffer read his name backwards. Yeah. When he announced it, instead of Nikolai Negamiriano, he read it, Negamiriano Nikolai. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So fitting for the way all that played out. We're like, yeah. all right, now we're on the board. And we had two heavy favorites in Covington and – uh Kevin Holland. Yeah. I think they were, Holland was minus 400. And uh, Covington was like 310, I think we got. Right. And then we had Bryce Mitchell minus 160. And that was my pick. So I was feeling super confident. I was like, all right, now the next toughest one is probably Bryce, odds wise. Yeah. And And then after that, we should have been fine, which we ended up being. Right. Right. But hold hold on. I want to ask you something about that fight in particular. How do you feel about people that boo fights? Because there was a lot of booing in that fight. And and just throughout the night, there's a lot of times where now that I've started training and I do jujitsu, I mean, I was never someone that would 
scream and yell and like, yo, get up. It's like, hey, man, you know who doesn't want to be on the ground getting mounted? That guy <laughs> or that girl. They don't want to be there, right? So I was never someone that booed. When I started training, now I was like, I'm definitely never going to boo, right? I'm like, never going to happen. But how do you feel about when people boo and shit? Uh, I mean, I don't boo either myself. Right. Like, I, I, I've... When, maybe when I first started watching, I'd be like, oh, this fight sucks. It's boring. Like, he's laying on him. Can they stand them up? Can they do something? Like, even, you know, when you're at the arena, you'll hear fans, they'll, they'll be yelling at the refs to stand it up when it just got into the yeah. grappling uh, exchange. And it could be like a dominant position or it could be deep on a single leg. Mm -hmm. And they'll be like, oh, I'd separate them, stand them up. And it's like, nah, man, like, this is mixed martial arts. This isn't just kickboxing or Muay Thai. Like, this is wrestling, jujitsu. So you got to let it play out for a minute couple minutes there was some separations i mean uh, i forgot which fight the negamiriano fight yeah right? yeah they were they well were that's on, what that's what's right right conversation sense they were they were on the fence in neutral position and then there wasn't much action being thrown but it, but mark goddard let it go for 30 seconds 40 seconds and then he'd step in and be like you know separate back to back to the middle so yeah i think i think it's cheesy if you boo a fight but i mean what can you do how much alcohol is being consumed and how long yeah. is the event that event those events are like six hours if you're in there from the from the first fight on so how much better is it watching a card in Vegas as opposed to the ones we go to in New York? Um, the energy is just different. But I also mean for the time. Oh, it's oh my God. That is the <laughs> greatest thing ever. The fights are done here. I think we got out at like 9.30. Yeah. And I was like... <laughs> well, we went to the MSG card in November. And we got to your car, which was three blocks away from MSG, at 1.45 in the morning amazing it's the worst yo i hate living in new york and then driving through the city because the guards on the west side driving through the city to yeah. get home <laughs> i didn't get home till 2 30 yeah yeah oh man yeah bro that thing i was like i, I want to move out west <laughs> it's like things are over at 10 o'clock i've never lived in the west coast it's the best coast though just as a sports fan like i need to be out here for reasonable times I, when games end i think mountain time is the best one mm. i prefer mountain two hour one hour difference from the west coast right but yeah man like just just being able to get out and then you could like it's basically your night is just starting mm -hmm. after the ufc card because you can go out have a drink you can go back uh to wherever you're staying change up get ready for the night you could go have a dinner you could, there's so many different yeah. options whereas when we go back home on the east coast it's uh 145 in the morning you've been at the card for six hours and you're beat and you're yeah. just like yeah i want to go home i don't even want to do anything at this point yeah at that point i just want to get my ass home i'm not trying to do all that but yeah i want to start talking a little bit about the main card and i want to approach it from a different standpoint like a lot of the fights that we saw go down i want to i want to pick your brain and have the conversation of like what happens next for certain fighters and i mean i know it wasn't a main card fight but rodriguez that was another one that went to a split decision that was a fight we were really excited about i feel like it left, lived up to the hype Jan and, and Rodriguez, another fight that was big. I mean, I had Rodriguez on all my parlays, and she was like a minus 310 favorite. And that also started the conversations with my mom back home when I was like, hey, I need you to uh, bet on my account because I have no access to the online stuff here. I was like, I need you to bet uh, Jan for me, you know, just like as a little hedge. And that is another split decision. So, what do you think happens next, real quick, between them two? Marina, Marina's in line for a title shot. I she think she gets the winner of Rose. Carla. Yeah, next is Rose Carla, mm. and I think Marina can sit out and do her thing because she's only lost to Carla. 
Right. She beat Mackenzie Dern. She even main event. That was a main event. Yeah, and, and then and then Waterson too. She beat. Right. And her and Jan was like, I think that was definitely number one contender fight. I would have loved to see that open the main card, because like it, I, going into it, I was like, this is gonna be a. That was my fight, like fight of the night for me going oh, yeah. into the card. I we agreed like, on that on the show. I can't wait to see this fight. Um. So I would have loved to see it get. I feel like it deserves more attention on a paper, like a pay per view opener would have been perfect. Number one contender fight, probably maybe the end of the year that uh, Marina could fight for the title. And Jan, I think Jan is still right there. Um, she's one of the better strikers. Like, and I told you yesterday when, when you bet Marina, I said, yeah, I would have bet uh, Jan at 200 against another striker. Like, it's going to be standing up the whole time. And she's, she's just like, in my opinion, right there with mm -hmm. Marina when it comes to the striking. So if I can get a two-to-one dog, I, I would have took, took that. And I said that to you after. I was like, yo, the value, like, I think being on Jan was the right side. You go to a split at a two-to-one dog, you take that all day. So yeah, that fight wound up living to, living up to my hype. There was some Same. eye pokes in there and stuff, but that was that's that's like as high level as you're gonna get um, in women's MMA. Yeah, I mean, yo, you know the the craziest thing is uh, I love what you said about the who you think is gonna win and who you should bet on. It's two completely different things, and I know it sounds so simple, but there are a lot of times where I bet like Tim Elliott. I bet on Tim Elliott. I didn't think Tim Elliott should have been a, a plus two twenty underdog in that fight. I mean, I wasn't as high. It's also subjective, too, right? Like, you might be higher on a certain fighter. Like, I remember the one time when we bet Poirier, when Connor Poirier 2 happened, he was, like, plus 275. Yeah. I was like, yo, Dustin shouldn't be a plus 275. I think Connor wins. Ultimately, he lost. But I was like, I'm going to bet Dustin. Right. So would you agree that that happens a lot, where there's, there's certain fights? Like, I think Jan's a good example, too. Yeah, there's definitely times, even when I'm betting Mobley back home, where I'm conflicted. I'm like, oh, I, before I even look at odds, I'm like, oh, they should win. But I don't think they should win at a three-to-one price, you know? It's like, I don't even know if I want to lay that. So I'll start looking to maybe bet it by decision. Or I know you said yesterday how you like the double chance a lot. My favorite bet. Is that like inside the distance or decision knockout if they're not a grappler? You know, right. you could save a little money there. So, yeah, man, I, I that's how... That's how I would bet it. Yeah, I mean, one of the one of the bets that I really liked, I mean, I didn't bet it because you couldn't, like, parlay props. Uh, I mean, like, every state has, like, different rules and regulations, but Marina decision was, like, plus 105, minus 110, as opposed to minus 310. Right, because she had finishing potential, too. Like, right. Like I said, it was going to be a striking match the whole way. Yeah. So someone could have got sparked and put out. I don't think there was ever a time where anyone either was in danger, though. Nah, but I felt like Rodriguez was probably more in danger because Jan was... It seemed like Jan, all the hits that she would land were like... Marina was like, oh, <laughs> shit, those are powerful. Where Rodriguez was more of, like, put the pace on you. Because even, you know, the most controversial round was the second round. I mean, not even controversial. That's the one that led to the split. But in that one, I felt like she controlled center of the octagon. She dictated the pace. Right. She definitely had more volume in that second round, but she was getting getting it put on her with like Jan. I felt like had the power advantage for sure when she was touching her up. It was very noticeable. Whereas, like you said, Marino was more pressure, and I'm gonna just keep touching you, keep mm -hmm. touching you. You know, that's. But yeah, I I, I scored it two one for Marina. So yeah, yeah, I was the and lucky for you, it, it went through it, oh, and man. those tickets were alive. You're like, you were sweating that one out in the seat. Like, I was grabbing my pulse. I was like, "Yo, are we good? Are we good?" Oh, God yeah, bless. All my tickets are tied to a three to one favor, and they're all about to go down. Right. <laughs> Yo, we we were sitting behind. Well, we were sitting in front of Bryce Mitchell's like teammates or family. 
Right. Because um, they were loud, like loud. And, and on their yelled, feet the whole fight. The whole time. And then they disappeared after the fight. Like, we, they weren't behind us anymore. What do you think of Bryce Mitchell, dude? Because this was the biggest test for him. Edson is a problem. Edson's resume is, I mean, he's fought Felder. He's fought uh, Gaethje, Habib, uh, Burgos. Like, he's fought the who's who. Yeah, and 45 and 55. Yeah. yeah. How crazy is it that at 55 he used to struggle to make weight, and now at 45, although the same thing, I think we talked about this. Yeah. Like, these Brazilians, bro, they, their original weight they struggle to get to, and then they drop a weight further down, which usually it's the opposite, right? Usually from 155, you would go to 170, right? If you're having trouble at 155, and now they're making 145, and they look great. Yeah, not even that. As you get older, you're like, Yo, I, I can't cut the weight no more. I got to go up a class, but they're doing it backwards, <laughs> and they're, they've had success, man. But, yeah, I think Bryce Mitchell's legit. Like, his his grappling is... Bro, but what about when he he not, he not dropped him in the yeah. first round? We were both like, yo, what? How about his buddy behind us? He's like, he's like, my man Bryce. Like, I know him. He just dropped Edson Barbosa. Edson Barbosa yeah, like one of the yeah, greatest yeah, yeah. strikers in UFC history. Like, that's that's big time right there. <laughs> like, he's, he must have said that three times. He yeah. was so in shock. He's like, my buddy just dropped Edson Barbosa in a fight. <laughs> I was like, in my head, I'm like, 100% right, man. That's kind of crazy. That's wild, but his grappling won him that fight, though. His, oh yeah, absolutely. His ground control, his, he kept him on the ground for how I didn't look at the stats, but if I had to guess, he probably had eight minutes of, of ground time, and he was he was persistent with the takedowns, even if one was getting stuff, he was he keeps coming. So his gas tank and his pressure, I think, is is gonna make him. I think he has like top five potential. I don't know about championship potential, but. He's going to be a problem going forward. I would love to see him fight if, if I had to make like a next fight for him, like you said, for Marina. I would love to see him fight Josh Emmett. Okay. Just because Josh Emmett has has that uh, that wrestling background, and Josh Emmett hits like a truck. Yeah. So I think I think it'd be a pretty evil. Not even. I think Bryce Mitchell's the better grappler. But it'd be interesting to see someone who could. It'd be a good stylistic matchup mm -hmm. is what I'm trying to say. Because Edson, we've seen in the past, and like Khabib, Khabib is Khabib. He's on a different right, level, right, right. but that's... What Hall we, of Famer now, too. Hall of Famer now. But that's what we saw when they fought, right? It was Khabib getting, taking, taking him down and holding him down for the whole fight. Kevin Lee did the same thing over a course of five rounds. He took him down, beat him down, held him down on the floor, won the fight. And we saw it again yesterday with Bryce Mitchell. So clearly, like, the blueprint is out there to be Edson yeah. Barbosa. Even Kevin Lee, too. That's what I said, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So... I, I do want to see him fight someone like Josh Emmett. I don't know if Josh Emmett would take that fight because he's a little higher up in the rankings. But it's hard to deny Bryce Mitchell coming off a big win against someone like Edson Barbosa. So I had two people in mind. I think one you're going to disagree on because he's a little higher up the rankings, but I would love to see him against Cater. Nice. Cater would be a fun scrap. That would be. Cater's striking is, is also like top of the division yeah. too. It's kind of similar to Edson Barbosa. Right, right. And then the other one I think also similar – style as cater is burgos that would be a good fight but i like burgos because burgos he's always looking to stand and trade yeah. you know like that's that's what i'm saying like bryce mitchell's looking to take you down to the right. floor so yeah man i i love any burgos fighter I'll, I'll i'll watch it so if if that's the matchup that's the matchup i think him versus uh Ilya taporia would be a good matchup too mm. if, if taporia stays at 45 it'd be like two prospects heading to the top if you want to see who's the better man kind of similar to how they had a uh, Taporia versus uh, Ivoyev, but it fell apart. So, yeah, man, there's those two guys. Those that would, those would be great fights too. Ivoyev and uh, Bryce and Bryce, mm. two high level grapplers.
Do you want to talk about the co-main at all? Some controversy, people feeling like it should have been stopped. But then you see what Moicano did in the fifth round. We we had RDA on some parlays. And we were talking after the fourth round, like, yo, you got to stop this fight. I went to use the bathroom after the fourth round because I was like, oh, it's 4-0. Yeah. And my, I was telling you, I was like, man, this is, like, tough to watch. I kind of I think this is a per- perfect time to get out of here just because, yeah. like, RDA was pouring it on him, man. And it was – his eye was swollen up. And I mean, he, he was it the third round, that exchange, where it looked like he, like, stunned uh, Moicano and then we thought the fight was going to stop and then Moicano just pulled guard? Yeah. I mean, it was rough. He was getting elbows. Yeah, like, but, yo, like – His head was bouncing off shout, the canvas. Shout out to Moicano, though, man, taking the fight on four days – that's yeah. the most like uh, watching that, and when they gave him the standing O when the fifth round started, yo, I got chills, dude. Like a five rounder too on four days. Yeah, a five rounder, a guy that's bigger than you, right? Uh, a vet like RDA. I think I saw something where he's the tenth fighter in UFC history with twenty UFC wins, yeah, which is that. like elite company. And another guy who's fought the who's who, right? Like RDA was always the gatekeeper to like getting a number one contender uh, title, like everyone's beating him and he's the champ yeah. right and he was a champ too yeah former champ i'm bugging out too yeah like this this guy's one of the elite of the elite but then you see moicano in the fifth round like pouring it on him too after the beatdown he just took and how many 10 eights did i give that <laughs> <laughs> after every round like yo maybe 10 eight i was like please stop <laughs> like, yo bro how many beers you stop with the 10 i was watching that fifth round from the from the concourse because I went they were you know they weren't letting people down until in between rounds so I saw RDA like the last minute and a half of that fight was getting touched up man and I was like oh man like is this really gonna happen me and you were talking about how the fight should be stopped and here Moicano is at the end of the fight pouring it on him yeah oh man I I was sweating that one out to like to the bell I was like just tick 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 yo you know what I was thinking about man as the card was going on you realize how empty the arena was until like the main card started yeah yeah within like 30 minutes it went from like so many pockets of seats available to just like packed out bro. no so, one was in our row for till yeah the till main the card started yeah because we were sitting a seat apart right and then i i honestly i think after like the spivak fight is when we adjusted our seats we had came back yes from getting food or something and then yo by the way three beers i paid 65 dollars for yeah well Get me home, bro. That Fiji <laughs> water was $16. I was like, what is happening? Vegas. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I was like, no, no, I only want one water. She's like, yeah, $16. I was like, oh, okay. Good to know. <laughs> but, yeah, to your point, like, it, it, when, I, when I buy a UFC ticket, I want to be in there for the first fight. Yeah. That's how I feel. Like, I mean, we're also degenerates, so we have. Not even that. We're just big <laughs> nah, MMA I fans. I know, yeah. Because I didn't have nothing on the first fight. It was the second fight. But still, it was cool to, it was cool to like, be in there from the beginning. Uh, the main event. Did it live up to the hype, you think? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Yeah, I think so. The think fight so. went the way we both thought. Of course. Uh, I was on the show with uh, Shasta Joe and Claudia, bet to win. And I told them, Colby by decision. Um, it's a very popular pick. A lot of people were saying that. But I would bet Mazadol via knockout because that was the only way he could win. Right. So that was a good example of how I approach MMA betting, especially when you have a big favorite. Like, bro, I'm not laying minus 340 on a single, like, you know, a one bullet kind of bet right like a straight bet i don't know why i called it one bullet that was mad weird but as, as a straight bet right but like in a parlay to attach them to certain things yeah like i'm cool with that but to find value in certain fighters and fights it's like the path to victory like the only way masvidal could win that he's not going to out wrestle him for five rounds right he got dominant he got mauled but you know what that fight reminded me of bro leon and nate because leon edwards and nate diaz he was picking apart nate the whole fight and then he has that one moment in the fifth round with a minute left where it's now the meme, right? Like, it's he hits him with a Stockton slap, then he the straight left, and then Leon's, like, dazed, and all Nate has to do is jump on him, but he's just pointing at him and laughing because that's, like, what Nate does. Nate just wants, like, the big – he wants the moments, right? And then you look at that Masvidal fight in the fourth round, drops him to a knee with that check. That, was that a right hook or was it left? It was the left the left and drops him to a knee and then the place erupted because he was getting mauled bro the fight went exactly how we thought yeah yeah and you said you don't like laying 340 but he looked every bit of 340 like that's how you saw that playing out yeah then yeah you you would lay the 340 because it was straight wrestling like, and that's how many during the build-up how many video packages like yeah you know we used to uh train spar grapple all the time all these sessions we have millions of hours like they both know how that went colby knows how that went. Right. so it's like if it was working all these years, like I'm just gonna f- hammer this home and, and keep and grind him out, and that's exactly what he did. And he had moments on the feet too, like bro, he won the striking exchanges. And I like, I think pretty, pretty like far and away was the better striker. In that I think fight. he dominated in all aspects of the fight. Yeah, no, no question. Yeah, and and it stinks because like that's how I feel. He, he'll like I feel he'll do that to anyone else at seventy besides Usman. Mm. So it's like. You know what do you do with Colby Covington? Like he well, so that's that's the question that I got for you as we start to like you know start to wind down talking about this main event, um, real quick. So the the story with my mom, I had my mom making all these bets for me, and uh, after the RDA fight, I had Colby on like three different parlays to hit. So I go, I text my mom, I was like, hey, don't get scared. 
need you to do me a favor. Imagine being across the country and getting a text from your son. Hey, don't be scared. <laughs> it's an immediate heart attack. <laughs> yeah, I, didn't, I definitely you. didn't do mom doing any favors. But I'm like, yo. But she knew like what, because mind you, it's also 1230 back I home. Know. I was thinking about how we talked about that. So I text her and I said, hey, I might need you later tonight for the main event. And I go, hey, don't get scared. Trust me. I need you to put like $400 on Mazadol. She calls me. And in Greek, just rips me wrestling promo. She's like, what the hell are you talking about? What do you think I am made out of money? So I, get? I was like, Ma, relax, just do it. And hopefully it loses. And she didn't understand what I meant by that. She's like, why would you bet $400 and then want it to lose? I was like, yo, trust me. I'm, everything's going to be all right. We just need it to lose. I feel like you couldn't have gone about that in a <laughs> worse way. <laughs> yeah. You dropped like the worst words in there. <laughs> like, Hey, don't don't get upset. <laughs> what did you say? Don't yeah, be upset. Don't don't get scared. Don't get scared. <laughs> Just trust me. Don't get scared. I'm only across the country, and it's uh, one in the morning <laughs> where she lives. Bro, so what happens between Mazadol and Colby now? Like, what's next for Mazadol? Three straight fights he's lost. Two to the champion to the number one contender. Right. Yeah, he hasn't lost at Jobbers, but still, it's a three fight losing streak. And it's you know, I kind of make the same argument for for Connor, right? Like a lot of people. They nitpick at Connor, like, ah, oh, you know, he's lost. I mean, his last win was Cowboy, and that's aged terribly when he's lost seven straight fights or six or seven straight fights. But they're losing to the who's who. Where, like, Cowboy, right? Cowboy's a grizzled vet. He started losing to, like, kids coming up. And, you know, guys that are making UFC debut caliber fighters. I know they're not UFC debut caliber guys, but, like, the level is, like, different where, you know, Connor's lost to Habib and Dustin twice. Guys that are fighting for the belt and a guy that never lost. So with Mazadol, it's the same thing, right? Like Colby is the number one contender and he's lost to Usman twice. But what happens next for Mazadol, you think? I think you need a, a BMF title defense. I think you, you, I mean, maybe McGregor. Like those are the two, two of the top biggest draws in the company is. Well, they're the probably Izzy. Right. Um, Conor McGregor, of course. And then I think Mazidal's like right up there yeah. in terms of draws. Well, think about it. Conor and Mazidal are the only two fighters to main event pay-per-views in the UFC without titles. Forget the BMF. We're talking about like actual UFC championships. Right. That that tells you about his star power. Yeah. So with Mazidal, I think you need to set up like another big money fight because we know he's not going to be champion just yeah. off the last three losses. Like championship aspirations probably out the window. Mm-hmm. But you have that BMF title in the back pocket. So it's like you could do that, you know, promo that as a, as a title defense of the BMF. Um, I, I don't know who he'd fight. I guess I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind seeing him running, running it back with Nate, even right. though it was, that was a pretty one-sided affair too. So, so the fantasy book, it would, it would have to depend on what happens with Leon Usman. But if Leon loses that, I mean, you have a money fight right there, right? Yeah. Three-piece in the soda. I, That's really what started the Mazadol superstardom. I feel like that fight should have happened already. So, yeah, I That's wouldn't even too. be upset if, if we you have, to, you have to run that fight eventually at some yeah. point. Like, it won't happen if Leon wins the title because Mazadol's not going to get a title shot off three straight losses. No way, yeah. But you have to run Leon Mazadol at some point just to settle the whole three-piece in the soda. And there's already a hype behind it right there. That's it. That's the selling point of the fight. Is how many times are we going to see him right. backstage being interviewed? And he's like, what'd you say? What'd you say? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Well, the thing the thing about Masvidal that's so unique and why like I, I show that dude so much love and he's one of like my favorite fighters because the story's so crazy, right? Like, dude was fighting professionally for 15 years and then explodes. Like that that don't happen often in sports. Could you imagine if a guy in the NBA has been in the league for 15 years and then all of a sudden is All NBA first team league MVP wins a championship? Like that's the kind of year that Jorge had, and it starts with the Darren Till knockout. And then that same night is the three-piece in the soda. So for Mazadol, I think you wait and see what happens with Leon, and then you run that fight. Hey, man. I like that. I know I'm super underselling Leon, but I think no one – I don't think anyone beats Usman at 170. I mean, I, I agree with that right now. And Usman's talking about boxing right. next, right? That's what he said at the q and uh, I'm not a fan of stuff like that. Uh, well, I think – what does he have left to prove at 170? That's true. He's beat all the top guys. He beat two of the top guys twice. Right. And now you're getting Leon. It's like, ah, uh, step away. And he's beaten Leon before, too. Yeah, yeah. That was Leon's last loss. Mind right. you, both of them Years were not, ago. yeah, they were not where they are now. But still, it's, yeah. Congrats. I mean, it, it would open up 170 with Hamza coming up. Uh, Colby could be champ. Who knows? Yo, that's, that's the wild card right there. That fight next month, Burns and Chemaev. Yeah. That's going to be interesting. Because if he steamrolls Burns, he's next. Yeah, I think he jumps the line. Yeah, it's new blood, bro. And, you and have to. Burns is right at the top, so and especially with with Colby, as we we move into that conversation with Colby, we already know what he wants. He called out Dustin. Yeah, Poirier. Right. So he's already he's planted that seed, like Jorge said at the presser. By the way, worst press conference of all time. It looked like two two dudes in high school just like bickering back and forth about an ex girlfriend. Yeah, it was were, horrible. They, they were, were just talking over one another and like yelling. Right. How does a law become a how does a bill become a law? He told him that so many times. <laughs> he was begging Jorge to ask it back to him and he was just gonna so get the answer, right? Yeah, hundred percent. So I think I think that's what happens with Colby. I could see Colby going on this run now of where he fights like a Dustin, maybe fights like a I don't know if they would run a Masvidal fight back, but like I think he takes some big name fights. We definitely don't have to see that again. No, nah, we don't. That was way too decisive to run that back. Yeah. But I would like. What if Hamza wins? Colby Hamza. I think that's the only way that you do Colby Usman three again, because right. yo, UFC is in such a weird spot, dude. And we were talking about it with, with, with our guy Bobby. Shouts to Bobby. We were talking about it last night. How the one forty five champ, his only formidable foe is Max, who he's beaten twice. Agree or disagree on the decisions, whatever. It's still 2-0 to, to Volkanovski. Usman's cleaned out the division. I think the only guy that could beat him is Colby, and he's two up, two down on Colby. And then at 185, Adesanya, the same thing. Like, he's calling out Cannonier at that point now. He's just picking and choosing where he wants to fight because that's also fresh blood too. But I'm like, Izzy's going to be like minus 350 in that fight. So... It's just a weird spot that the USC's in. But I think if Colby fights Chamayev, that's the way that Colby could be like, yo, I just stopped that freight train that was coming. Yeah. With this momentum. Like, yeah, I'm the next guy. Yeah, he calls him come shot Chamayev. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. The, the, the trolling back and forth is just like elite. And even yesterday, Chamayev, right? Bullshit fight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bro, Colby can sell a fight, man. He, whoever's ghost riding for him is, it needs some work, but it, it's still good stuff. Like, that's straight out of your playbook, wrestling, bro. You, like, bro, you best, eat that shit up. The best walkout in MMA, the Kurt Angle theme song. It is. And then the whole crowd is yelling, you suck. 
Yo, can't beat I, it. I told you this, man. Everything is wrestling. That's what it is. Colby gets exactly what he's looking for from everybody. Yeah. Everyone, like, it's played out, in my opinion. I think it's, like, yeah, you know it's an act, but he plays it so well where it's, like, it still gets under guy's skin because, like, he does say some outlandish shit. Yeah. But he also gets all the reactions he's looking for. The right. Kurt Angle, you suck. The reactions from Masvidal telling him, you know, I'm going to break your face. I'm gonna, they asked him yesterday after he lost Masvidal in the cage. What was your game plan? Break his face. Yeah. Like, people want to legitimately hurt this guy because his character and this shit he'll like he's willing to say. So yeah, he plays it perfect. So it's either Chamayev or yeah, or the Poirier fight is another great money fight, former teammates. The shit he says about Poirier is is over the top. And Poirier said it's on site for him. He's, you know, he wants to like, I don't know if he would fight him sanctioned yeah. in a cage, but he says it's on site. So well, if you remember after Poirier lost to Habib in Abu Dhabi. He got asked about Covington. And he's like, yo, I would never fight like Jorge. He's like, I'm not a sellout like Colby. He's like, yo, he's just a bad dude. Like, no one likes him. No one, you know, no one cares about him. Like, he's on his own. So the seeds have been planted there, too. It's cool, man. When you look back at, like, the trajectory of certain fights and how they come about, it's like, damn, yo, when he said that, that's why he said that. Yeah, laying the You're foundation. Like, the hell? Like, yeah, like, even if you look at, like, Adesanya Costa. Them two were, like, they came into the UFC around the same time. And it was like, they, them two are going to cross paths at one point. And I feel like that's how it is with, like, Colby Dustin, uh, you know, Connor Nate again. Like, that's what I think happens to Connor next. I think they, they have that in the back pocket. Always. Always. That fight's always there. You, uh, last thing I want to ask you, um, fight week in July. We coming back or what? International fight would be a blast. It's always, we always talk about it in the group chat. We're like, oh, you know, this weekend was super great time had a blast so much things going on it's like why don't we come back in july it's, it's a little bit of ways away and nicer you weather could, you too. Could plan it out this was this was a little last minute we threw it together We're like oh you know why not but yeah man july would be there's so much stuff going on. i mean vegas is vegas so mm -hmm. to come out here to have that's like the the event of the year for them is international fight week there's so much going on from the monday to the to the night of the fights that saturday so yeah man i, I would love to come back all right, I got it on record now, so you can't sell out when I try to put this so shit together. You heard that. You heard that. We're coming back <laughs> July, July 2nd. Hey, man, this was a fun weekend. We're still here for another night. Uh, probably go get a nice steak dinner, stay away from the tables, because I don't want to give back everything I want. And that's usually how it goes. But uh, this was cool. I hope we do this again. Come back out here for Vegas fights, because we just have to, bro. We go to all the cards. Me, you, Eric, Josh, we always go into all the cards. Yeah, yeah. And pretty much everyone but Eric's been on the show, so the audience knows exactly who I'm talking about. But this is cool, man. Uh, social media, tell people where they can follow you. At uh, Endovito27 on Twitter and the gram. And yeah, man, thanks for having me on the show again. It's always, it's always fun to chop it up. Oh, come on, bro. You're an OG for a reason, always. And now people get excited when they hear from you on here. Uh, I don't got the Patreon list in front of me because... I forgot about it, so I'll give you guys a shout out on the next episode. But at Nick Deus 10 is where you can find me, at Veterans Minimum is you can find everything for the show. And we'll catch you guys next time.